Hey everyone, and welcome back to Black Hair Care No Chaser. So I'm sitting here preparing to start my day, really thinking about like, well, what am I going to do today? What am I going to do tomorrow? How is my hair going to affect these choices? I mean, as a Black woman, I think that's like a huge part of our planning, especially when your hair is natural, right? So um, as you all may have heard, I don't know how many of you follow like my other social media or my business, but I am relocating to San Antonio, Texas. And in the meantime, everything about my life has to be thought out in a way that is at least three to four days in advance, right? So everything I'm doing now, I'm like, okay, if I do this now, what is that going to look like when I have to leave or you know, don't buy this because you're getting ready to leave, like all these decisions. And that includes my hair. So my natural hair is currently cut into a taper cut. And it's a mess right now because I haven't been to the barbershop in forever. Um, at least maybe a month I haven't been. And, you know, I cut my hair. Well, some of you all, you know, you're new to me, so you don't know why I cut my hair. I was launching my product line. I was so excited. And I'm like, what's the best way to show how great these products are, right? Uh, I need to show it on myself. But, you know, my hair has already been here. You know, I've used all this other stuff. So if I cut my hair and I just start brand new with only my products, this will be a great example. So I did the Big Chop live on my Facebook. And it's still there. You can watch it. It's long. Um, the Barber gives a great conversation, a great presentation on what's expected in the barbershop, you know, what he needs if you come in as a new client, all these things. It's a great experience. But I didn't quite think through the fact that growing your hair or maintaining your hair is not all about products. And yeah, I'm a trained cosmetologist, a trained cosmetology instructor. That means at some point I went back to cosmetology school to take more hours to be licensed to teach people who wanted to learn how to take care of other people's hair. And yet, I do not or did not think through the whole process of growing my hair back from the big chop. No, it wasn't an experience. I cut my hair the short plenty of times. Like before I had my son, so when I was in my 20s, I cut it to a low fade. I used to take pride and having more waves in my hair than the boys. I would go swimming every day. Like it was such easy maintenance. But I guess at that time, my goal wasn't to grow it back because I was getting it cut every week. Um, and I had a great barber too. But that's a talk for another podcast. Anyway, so now I, I need to be growing it back. And the pressure is on because it's supposed to be an example of how great my product is, right? But it takes so much more to allow your hair to grow. So on average, hair grows about half an inch per month. And as long as you're maintaining your hair, you're retaining length. But I suck at maintaining my hair. And I have a hairstylist here that I go to. And I don't go to, like, I don't have set appointments or whatever. But I go to her every time I have a spastic idea of something new I want to try. So now that I have very little natural hair on top of my head, I have to, you know, add in extensions, right? So lately, I've been seeing all these styles online, you know, Pinterest, this and whatever. And I go sending them to her. I'm annoying. I do stuff that I don't necessarily like my clients to do to me. Um, luckily, she has a business phone also, so she can easily ignore me. 
when I'm out of line. And then when I come into the salon, she reminds me, uh, Kanisha, that was not a great time. I was off work or, you know, whatever. So I get myself back together. Anyway, all these styles. So I'm looking at them. And I'm like, girl, this girl is cute. Let's try this. And then she does it. And she's like, you know, I don't know why I keep playing with you. Like, we're going to put this in and you're going to take it out in a couple of days. And every time I'm like, no, you're tripping. I'm not taking this out. It's going to be cute. And then we get done. And I'm like, oh, okay. I like it. Literally. If I make it two days later, I'm over it. So here I am sitting in this quick weave that is loosely attached to my hair. And I think it's only been in, let's see, maybe since last Tuesday. So almost a week, maybe almost a week. The first day, it was really cute. She had um, uh, what's called wand curled it. And I had the little bangs because we didn't do a closure. And I don't like parts down the middle of my head because I have a gap. And I don't like the parts to match up to my gap. Sounds silly, but whatever. We all have our things. So I have bangs and I had this, you know, cute curl and it's a little bit past shoulder length. And then the next day she told me to go get flexi rods. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go get flexi rods. I didn't go get flexi rods and I didn't curl my hair before I went to bed. I put my bonnet on and went to bed. So, you know what I woke up looking like the next day? A lost Barbie, a just straight up lost Barbie, a whole hot mess. And then the next day after that, okay, I tried to brush it out. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to flat iron curl it. And I did. And it was semi-cute, but the bangs were doing something weird. And then the back had lifted because remember, I got a taper cut. So my hair that grows out of my scalp is barely pinchable on the back of my neck. So there's nothing for this hair glue to stick to. So it's literally like an arts and crafts project. It started lifting like somebody's bad toupee joke. I tried to glue it back down. It stayed for a couple of hours and it started lifting again. The glue, y'all, the glue stinks. It smells like fish and ass. I don't know who designed this glue, but it smells atrocious. So it gets warm outside because, you know, it's July. So when it gets warm, all I smell is weaving glue. Now I am like through the roof having like all these anxiety type thoughts that everybody that comes near me, and people really want to be huggy right now because I'm moving. So everybody's like hugging me, and I'm like, oh my God, you're going to smell my weave. You're going to smell the ass of fish. It's not me. It's my weave. I swear it's not me. It's my weave. So now I'm like having this whole thing. Do I keep the weave or don't I? So we're back to the beginning of this podcast where I was talking about you have to plan. I have to plan out quite a few days. And I'm like, okay, well, if I stop the arts and crafts project now, Am I going to go to the barber, have the sides cut back down? Then what am I going to do with the top? And part of the top has a little bit of heat damage. So am I going to wear this when I get to Texas? Like, what is the climate, the social climate like in Texas? I might have to go talk to new white people. Yes, this is a thing. I know some of my black friends have expressed it. When we have to go talk to new white people, like we have to go do a job or interview for a job or secure a contract or something that we need white people to only focus on our qualifications, not our exterior, we have to assimilate as much as possible. So I'm like, if I wear my hair that is growing out of my scalp in this shortcut, am I going to look like a revolutionary? Am I going to spark any kind of discomfort in these new white ladies that I got to go talk to to get them to sign this contract so that money is coming into my account? 
So I should probably keep this weave in, right? I'm just having all these thoughts, but I don't really want this weave. And I told Chanel, that's my stylist. I told her yesterday, I'm like, girl, we got to figure something else out. But I'm also frustrated with myself as I'm telling her we got to figure something else out because this is money down the drain. Like I literally just bought this hair. Then I literally just paid her to put it in. It should have lasted more than a couple of days. And it's nothing wrong with her install. It's completely my upkeep after. And the fact that maybe a quick weave wasn't my best idea. It seemed as though there's no hair in the back. So I'm an 80s baby. And in 98, when Lauren Hill came out with doo-wop or that thing, I knew all the lyrics. Like, you couldn't tell me nothing. Because at that time, my hair was completely natural. My mom, prior to then, barely let me paint my fingernails. She wasn't letting me go to the shop. Now, there is a whole bunch of crazy mixed up in these decisions. Some of it is modesty and, like, keeping you a young lady and letting you have, like, the right time for things. And then some of it is just her own misunderstanding of what a manicure could have possibly done in my life. Like, to her, it made me grown when really a manicure might have just cleaned my nails and taught me how to take care of my nails and maybe gave me a little bit more confidence. That's a whole nother podcast also. So anyway, this song came out in 98. I was 14. So, you know, my hormones are coming in. I'm trying to define who I am. And I'm really rocking a lot of twist outs. Um, and they were not popular at the time. Not at all. I remember getting teased a lot. And I took this one picture with two of my friends. And everybody's comment about this picture was that I looked like, I think the guy's name is like Sideshow Bob on The Simpsons or something like that. I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons when I was a little kid. So by the time high school rolled around, I'm 14, I didn't get any kind of Simpsons jokes. Because once you're not little, I didn't see why Simpsons was any, even entertaining. So I never watched it as I got older when I was allowed to watch it. So they would always tell me, I'm like, who the hell are they talking about? But either way, I knew it was a negative connotation, connotation along with it. So I was not necessarily super confident about my um, natural hair as far as knowing that my peers thought it was cute. I still rocked it. I knew it was the healthiest thing. Um, I knew how to, you know, make my detox conditioners like i was all in the kitchen chemistry type stuff back to this song so lauren hill comes out with this song in 98 and one of the lines nat one of the lines was um let's see now lauren is only human don't think i haven't been through the same predicament let it sit inside your head like a million women in philly pen it's silly when girls sell their souls because it's in look at where you be in hair weaves like europeans Fake nails done by Koreans, come again. And she says, come again a few more times, right? I loved this song in 98. I loved this song. It was a song that spoke to me because I'm like, yeah, my hair is natural. I'd never wear all those weaves. Look at those girls. They look silly. Who do they think they fooling? Why are they nails so long? Yeah, I was one of those. I criticized it to hell and back. And now look at me. Although my nails barely reach above my fingertips because I don't like them long, I'm in the nail shop run by Asians um, religiously. So every two weeks I'm in there getting my nails done. Now, pause. This is a new thing. Well, it's a year in and it was one of my commitments to my self-care. Because if you look down at your nails, it's a constant, like it's an easy constant reminder that doesn't stand out to anybody else that... Um, 
well, if they're done poorly, it will stand out. But for me, looking down and knowing that my nails were done, it gave me more confidence and more reminders to continue pushing and that I can find time and money in my life to take care of me along with all my other billion responsibilities, right? So I committed June 8th, we're in 2019, of 2018, that I was going to continue at least having one thing in my life that I take care of myself and my nails was it. So since then, I have religiously gotten my nails done. Um, I started off with a black nail tech. I love her. She's a great artist. She just takes all day. So I can't go to her on a regular basis. So I have to go to the nail shops. They do a pretty good job. I don't mind giving them the money because I'm happy with my nails. They're just not as artistic as she does. Um, but I'm happy with my nails and I can get in and out because I still have those other 50 billion responsibilities. I can't dedicate the whole day to my nails, but I can dedicate a couple of hours, like two, literally a couple. So now when I hear this song by Lauren from 98, and I remember how much pride I had in it in 98 as a 14 year old girl and what I look like now in this glued in weave that stinks because I'm trying to make sure that I don't offend new white people. Like, do you get the mind screw that is? I know I said no chaser, but I'm going to try to limit some of my curse words. Anyway, do you do you get like the the how much that's playing with my mind right now? Not only that, I'm Kanisha Tillman of Tutus and Tennis Shoes. I'm constantly trying to reiterate to parents, especially white adoptive parents, how important it is for their young girls to take pride in their natural hair. And I'm constantly telling them as young girls, no, don't put extensions in their hair. Let them learn to love their curls. So I'm somewhat of a hypocrite because if you're talking to me within this last week, you're talking to the Kenesha in the quick weed that's trying to assimilate. So when I get to Texas, I am able to not offend on site and get somebody to sign this check. And then from there, like once we've built a rapport and you've gotten used to Kanisha and you know Kanisha's qualities, then I can do what I want to with my hair. But should we really live in a time like that? We're in 2018. Shouldn't we be past that? I think I talked about where I brought up the fact that California is just now making a law that says that it is illegal to discriminate against people because of their hairstyle. But then again, it's just happened in California. It has not happened elsewhere. So yeah, we really do live in that time. And yeah, for black women, this is genuinely a real concern. When I was, you know, at the meeting with the Boys and Girls Club here in Des Moines, it was kind of like a pass of the torches. Um, one of the ladies I was meeting with, she is Latina and black. She's Puerto Rican and black, I believe. And her hair is beautiful, it's curly. But one thing she said was, I need to get my hair done before I step into my new position. I, need, I can't wear my natural curls. Like I need to tame them um, at least for the first month, get my color together so I don't offend these new white people. And it's so sad that we have to think that way. Her curls are gorgeous. And according to Eurocentric standards, she has good hair. But even with her hair texture, so mine is probably closer to like a four, well, I got like five different textures in there. And my hair ranges in between there's some 3B, not much. Then there's also a lot of 4C. So I have the full range in between the 3B, 4C. Hers is a beautiful loose curl. Non, mine is not ugly. When I'm taking care of it and it looks good, it's not ugly. 
But anyway, back to hers. Hers is beautiful. Um, it's long, you know, it's a looser curl. She's biracial. She fits a lot of the Eurocentric standards. And yet still, because she knows she's a woman of color, she has to do more to make sure she is fully welcomed into a position that she's overqualified for. Let that sink in. It is not a myth or an exaggeration when people of color are still saying we have to work twice as hard to get anything in this world. And yes, that applies to here. It's mind-boggling. It is absolutely uncalled for, unnecessary stress, but it's our reality. So my solution yesterday at my farewell pop-up shop was to buy another wig. I know. I know. It sounds like I'm still doing what Lauren said not to do. Like, I'm still her worst nightmare. But this time, I feel a little bit better about the wig. I haven't gotten to try it on. I'm really excited to try it on. But I haven't gotten to try it on yet. I'm more excited about the wig because, one, I bought it from a black woman. A black woman owned a beauty supply store. She came and set up during a farewell pop-up pop shop. And one of the things she had was this wig. Two, she, the person who made the wig is also a black woman. She's African. She handmade it. So at least I'm not buying it from another Asian distributor who's basically capitalizing on our need to try to find things that work for our hair so we can get through in life. I'm supporting two other black women. Um, and it's gorgeous. It is a really pretty wig. So the wig is actually braided. Um, it looks like the tribal braids. And unfortunately, it has a part down the middle of the head. So I'm just going to have to get over my little insecurity about that. But it's really pretty. Like the work ethic that was put into it is amazing. So after I drop my wonderful son off at his camp for today, I am going to come home and condition the heck out of this quick weave to try to get the glue out because we, we missed the step. We didn't put in the protective layer. Um, we were I was in a rush as usual. I had to do a recording for the adoption um, online convention thing. I should know the name, but I don't. Sorry, guys. Um, I had to do a recording for that. So I was in a rush. And that was a video recording. So again, I needed my hair to be less offensive. I don't remember what it looked like in the first video, but I knew that this one needed to be less offensive. It needed to be very... Uh, it needed to be very palatable. So I was like, this is a great time. I'll get my hair freshly done. We'll be great. Well, no, it wasn't great because it takes forever to get your hair done as it just does. So we were rushing and we had to skip a step. Now I need to get the glue out, which would have been easier if we hadn't skipped that step. And then I get to try on my new wig that's all about supporting black women. And hopefully I love the way this one looks. And hopefully this one is palatable enough to the new white women that I'll have to meet. And, you know, some white men. But um, and I say white women because a lot of times, you know, when you're going into office and that's stereotypical and sexist. I understand that. Yep, I get it. Um, but when you're going into offices and such, you're going to run into white women first. And in the industry that I'm trying to get contracts signed in, a lot of times it's women. So. At least we're both women. Maybe we can find some common ground then. But the cultural difference may still be a barrier. So I don't know. I don't know. But I'm hoping this wig is a compromise. And I'm hoping this wig helps me move more into being Lauren Hill's 
more into or moves me further away from being Lauren Hill's worst nightmare and more into the 35-year-old woman that the 14-year-old Kanisha envisioned me being. Um, and not that hair weave is bad, but it just was not ever a part of my lifestyle or what I thought I would look like. And I have some really cute pictures in different weaves. Like I do, they're fun to play in. But I don't like this whole idea of me being feeling pressured to put in a weave because I want to make sure that my hair doesn't stop my qualifications from being heard and seen. I want to just choose a weave just because I want to. Just because I want to that week. We shall see how this new braided one comes out. So I'm glad you guys are listening to the podcast. If you want to see how this braided one comes out, check out some of my other social media pages. They're under tutus and tennis shoes, um, which they are on Facebook. They are on Instagram. And there is a Twitter. Do I post on my Twitter often? No, I'm not your president. But if you follow me on Facebook and Instagram, I'm sure you'll catch a glimpse. Thanks for listening. Make sure you review. Leave me some comments. Let me know what you want to talk about next. Talk to you later, guys. Have a great day.